Well, good evening, First Norfolk family and friends. We're, I'm so glad for you to join us tonight for our study through the Psalms. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Psalm chapter 63. What a privilege it is for us every week to take time out of our busy schedule and just dive into God's Word, to, to hear from the heart of our Father so that we can experience the fullness of life. Uh, as we gather together, and every time we gather together, I just want to remind you how uh, important uh, stewardship, financial stewardship, is to our worship of God. Uh, God's the one who set that up, not me. This isn't a church thing. This is a God thing. Uh, and God makes it a church thing. Uh, that our stewardship, our financial stewardship, is tied to our worship. Uh, and so every time we gather together as the people of God called First Norfolk, we talk about worshiping God through giving our tithes and our offerings. And I want to encourage you uh, to evaluate um, your worship of God. Uh, if you were to look at your checkbook or at the end of the year and you're preparing for taxes and, and uh, our church sends out this uh, annual giving report and you have that, you look at that annual giving report, just ask the question, Father... Uh, of God. God, does this reflect a heart that delights in you? Does this reflect a heart that is devoted to you? Does this reflect a heart that um, is dependent on you? God, does this giving report uh, reflect a heart of worship? And, and as we ask that hard question of God, I, I, I can pretty much guarantee you God's going to direct you. And and, and he's going to help you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to, uh, he's going to encourage you because you asked the question as a faithful follower of Christ. Um, but uh, in light of the answer God gives, I want to encourage you to be faithful in the stewardship to which he calls you. Uh, in our church right now, especially during COVID and all this strange season, we give uh, primarily in three ways. First, you can mail in uh, your tithe or your offering. Second, you can go to our website and uh, you can uh, give uh, online. Uh, or third, you can go to our mobile app and you can give in that way. I want to encourage you to give. Be faithful in stewardship. Uh, not, not, not for the church primarily, but as an act of your worship. All right, well, in Psalm 63, uh, David is probably running away from Saul, or maybe his son Absalom. And you know the story there. David was anointed king by Samuel, uh, even though Saul was the king of Israel. Uh, Saul uh, was disobedient, and his heart was hardened against God, and he began to walk in a way not pleasing to God. So God took his anointing off Saul, and he gave it to David. But Saul was still the king, and David was a little shepherd boy, so David begins to, uh, to uh, the first coming out uh, after he's anointed by Samuel. Uh, uh, his first coming out was when he met Goliath and uh, killed Goliath. And from that moment forward, David became known as a warrior, but also as a shepherd who uh, as, a, uh, as a poet and a singer who would play his harp in the presence of Saul in Saul's court. Uh, eventually, though, uh, there became a rift between Saul and David. Saul became very jealous of David and chased David away and began to run after David to kill him, to, 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 uh, 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 to, to assassinate David because he was jealous of David. 
Well, it's in that time where David is hiding in the Judean wilderness that he probably penned Psalm 63. And, and it's this psalm, I think, man, I really do believe, that can help us today and every day unlock joy even when uh, our soul is fainting uh, from circumstances that are overwhelming. Uh, just like David was facing circumstances because Saul was trying to kill him, um, uh, we face circumstances that uh, have a, uh, a wilting effect on us and lock joy away from us. Or it could be the, the deep sorrow of our soul that, that, that starves our soul from experiencing joy. Uh, it, it can be circumstances or it could be uh, deep emotional pain. But whatever it is, it, uh, our joy is locked away in a box. And we want to unlock that box. We want to wake up in the morning and we want to go to bed at night. And, and in, uh, in the moments in between, from, from waking to uh, sleeping to waking again, we want to taste joy. David helps us. And this is very practical, okay? So how do we unlock joy for our everyday life? That's what David's getting at in Psalm 63. He helps us understand how that we can find joy even when it seems like uh, it's out of our reach. It's locked in a box. What's the key that unlocks the door, uh, uh, unlocks that box, and unlocks the joy for our everyday life? Well, uh, here's what David teaches. First, he teaches we unlock joy in our lives when we seek God as the supreme source of satisfaction. We can have joy even in the wilting heat of painful circumstances or the deep grief of overwhelming sorrow in the whirling thoughts of fears and anxieties at night, we can have joy even in the face of all those things when we seek God in, uh, as the supreme source of our satisfaction. I, I want you to look at verse 1, and it's a familiar verse. Uh, we've read it before. I, I want you to hear it again. Psalm 63, verse 1. Oh God... You are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Do you see the picture there? So here's what David is facing. He is facing circumstances that uh, have swallowed joy and, and kept joy away from him. But, but as we'll see as we progress through the psalm, David finds joy again. Why? Because uh, he's uh, looking to God as his supreme source of satisfaction in this life. He says, uh, God, you are my God. What a beautiful statement that we can make as followers of Jesus that no matter what we're facing as followers of Christ, we have been brought near to God. We are in the family of God. We can say, God, you are my God, not based upon our righteousness, but based upon the righteousness of Jesus Christ. God, you are my God. So what do we do when God is our God? Well, first, we, we, we can trust him so that we seek him. I, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to seek you early in the morning. I'm going to wake up from the couch or the bed in which I'm sleeping and, and raise my head off my pillow. I'm going to start seeking God. Even when there's a whirlwind raging within me, even though it's a hurricane falling on me, I'm going to seek God first. Why? Because I believe that God is the source 
to satisfy my thirst and, and to satiate my hunger. I believe that God is the uh, source of supreme satisfaction for me. Again, look, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. David was facing the thirst of his soul because of the circumstances in his life. Now, when we're parched by the heat waves of struggle or living in the wilderness of sorrow, you know, we look to God. We set our gaze upon Him. Imagine, this is the picture of Jesus, by the way. You, you remember how that Jesus was, was uh, His heart was filled with sorrow as He was facing the cross. And, and, and as, as he leads his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane, he, 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 he says, y'all wait here and pray. And, and he goes away and he falls on his face before the Lord and his heart is overwhelmed with sorrow, but he seeks his Father. Friends, that, that is how we unlock joy in our life. No matter what's, uh, what we're facing, no matter what is overwhelming us in the morning when we wake up, we want joy for the day, let's seek the God who is the source of satisfaction for our soul. Uh, we have joy. We unlock joy when we seek God as the supreme source of satisfaction. Uh, secondly, we unlock joy when we uh, remember the satisfaction of God's presence in our lives. Look at verses uh, 2 through 5. Uh, while you're looking there, hey, can I tell you my greatest delight every single day, greatest joy I have every single day is just coming home. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I, there is um, such relief when I come to the refuge of my wife's embrace of my home with my family. I walk in the door. Uh, no matter what the day has brought, I walk in that door and I am safe and secure. I walk in that door and I'll meander around to the kitchen to see what's for dinner and, and I'm ready uh, to feast on not just the food, but feast upon uh, the sweet uh, fellowship that I have with family in that moment. I long for the refuge and the rest that I find in my home. And that's what David is talking about here in verses uh, three, uh, uh, 2 through 5. Listen, he says, so I have looked for you. So he's thirsty. He looks for satisfaction. So who, to whom does he look? He looks to God. Verse 2, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I'll lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth uh, shall praise you with joyful lips. And we look at these verses, and we see that God uh, is the one who satisfies us, and it, it's in His presence that we're satisfied. We look for Him in the sanctuary. Worship reminds us of the power and the glory of God. Like Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6, in the sorrow of the loss of the king, Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of the Lord filled the temple, and, 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 and the, the, the pillars were shaking, and the smoke was filling the place, and there were angels flying to and fro. And, and in that moment, he saw the Lord. Now, that's, that's what David's talking about here. That's what we can find when 
when we seek the Lord, when we search after Him, then we find Him. And we see Him in that season of worship where we set our gaze upon Him. Uh, we see His power and His glory. And, and it's that encounter with God that unlocks joy for our everyday life. Just the encounter with God, just the presence of God unlocks joy. Every morning that we wake up, we need to have that season of worship to unlock joy for our everyday As we see his power and glory, we also recognize that his love is better than life. It's of greater value than my life. It's of greater value than anything this world can bring to me. God's love is better than life. Worship shapes our focus so that that we taste again. Regardless of what's happening around us, we see God's power and glory. We're, we're, we're satisfied in his presence, but he also, he, he also showers us with his faithful love. And even in the seasons of soul drought, we are satisfied by his faithful love. His love unlocks joy, reminding us that his love has rescued us from the despair of distance with God. Uh, what, what God's love has done is it's, it's sent Jesus on a rescue mission. Jesus is God who became man to rescue sinners like you and me uh, through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. And when we placed our faith in Jesus as Savior and King, we entered into the family of God. And it's that, that distance that sin had created between us and God that led to despair, uh, the deepest despair and sorrow of our soul. But God in his love rescued us. And it's that love that, that brings us into God's family. Uh, through Jesus. It's his love that unlocks joy, reminding us that we now live in the presence of God, and it's in the presence of God, the psalmist says, that, that, that it's in his presence that we find the fullness of joy. You want joy in your life, then get to God and, and worship Him and praise Him and allow that encounter of worship to open your eyes to see His power and His glory and to, uh, to, to see your life, your here and now, and your tomorrows through the lens of His life-giving love. Uh, his love is better than life. So, in response to seeing his power and his glory, of being immersed in his love, once again in that season of worship, we praise him. Again, every morning that we seek him, we worship him, and we see his power and glory. We experience his presence. We taste again, fresh and new way, his love for us. So we then open our mouths with praise to him. The lips, the lips that were once parched, now proclaim praise and blessing to God. Through praise, we open our lives for God to move and to act and to, and to encourage and to correct and shape us for our daily routines. This is even before we start our first morning's coffee. We, we, we take time to worship the Lord and praise Him. And the result is we're satisfied with Him. My soul shall be satisfied with marrow and fatness, the rich stuff. Our souls are fully satisfied in the presence of God, like like feasting on a delicious meal after a season of starving. We find our souls satisfied uh, by the best food, the food of God's love and His faithfulness. Today, if you want to uh, unlock joy in your life, get with God. I mean, just get with God. We unlock 
we unlock joy in our life, when we seek God as our supreme source of satisfi- uh, satisfaction, when we remember the satisfaction we find in God's presence, and third, when we trust God to take care of us. See, part of this journey is uh, those trigger moments, those midnight moments, those whirling thoughts moments. So we get through the day. We wake up and we, we, uh, uh, we, we, we search after God. Uh, we worship Him. We meet Him in the sanctuary. We see Him high and lifted up and His power and glory. Uh, his love begins to shape our view of our today and tomorrow and our midnight moments Uh, and we bless him, and we are satisfied, but then we get back to bed at the end of the day, and we start having those whirling, twirling thoughts. Nighttime can be terrible when we're struggling with life and circumstance. Look at verses 6 through 8. When I remember you, O Lord, on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watch. Can I tell you something? Uh, all of us have those, uh, uh, those uh, staying awake moments in, at night where our, our mind just won't shut down. Or maybe we're, we, we've got these uh, whirling, twirling thoughts in our head. And, and what David says is, if you want to unlock joy rather than despair in the midst of those whirling thoughts and anxious moments and those nighttime watches, you want to unlock joy rather than despair, here's what you do. You meditate on the Lord. I can't tell you how many times I've had to, at least in my own head, stop the thinking and start the praising. Stop the worrying and start the focusing on God. I, I set my gaze upon the Lord in the midnight moments because He is our help. Uh, therefore, in the shadow of His wings, I can rejoice. When we set our focus on the Father, we find His comfort, uh, find the comfort of His embrace. In the shadow of His wings, we are protected. Um, our soul follows behind him. We, we stay close to him. Uh, we, we don't want to get out of his reach because his right hand holds us. Uh, have you ever been to an amusement park or Disney or Bush Gardens or someplace like that, King's Dominion, and, and you go and you, you have toddlers with you? Uh, it's funny. This was before my time, uh, before Edie and I had, uh, it was after Edie and I had children, but but. Uh, you have these uh, leashes almost that you put these kids on. I don't think they do it anymore. It was just a moment in time. Uh, but, but the reason you have those leashes is because you've gone through a, an amusement park or a bush garden or something, place like that, and you've got these little toddlers. You want them to have a great time. Uh, but in a crowded um, uh, space, it becomes very anxious-filled um, for a, a parent and their children. I remember uh, when I was a kid, we had gone to New York City, uh, and, and I was very young. We'd, uh, we'd gone up the East Coast. We were living in Tennessee at the time, and we went up the East Coast and all the way up to Maine, and I remember Maine, but we stopped in New York City, and my older brother uh, kind of got away from us, from mom and dad, and uh, as, I don't remember it, but as they told the story, they were very panic-stricken. Brett was very panic-stricken. Um, what, what that teaches us is the security we have when we're close 
to our Father. You want to have security uh, in life, then, then stay close to God. Why? Because it's His right hand that gives us the support that we need in the face of every circumstance. You want to unlock joy? Stay hand in hand with God. You want to unlock joy in your life? Then stay close to Him. Trust in God's care for you. Even in those whirling, twirling thoughts, even in those midnight moments, go ahead and set your focus on God. Uh, when you can't go to sleep, uh, turn on the nightlight and read some scripture. Uh, say a prayer. Talk to the Father. Journal your thoughts to the Lord and let Him show you the power of His care for you. You'll find refuge and joy. Uh, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. When we understand we're under the care of the mighty God, under His eternal and powerful uh, providential care, then we will find joy. We unlock joy when we seek God as our supreme source of satisfaction, when we remember the satisfaction that we find in God's presence, when we trust God to take care of us, and finally we find joy when we rejoice in God's protection. Uh, look at verses 9 through 11. But those who seek my life, so now David turns it, and this is either Saul or maybe it's his son. Uh, again, in, in, in David's latest, later life, um, his son Absalom re led a revolt and, against David and chased David out of Jerusalem. And so maybe this is a reflection of David in his later life, or Saul. It doesn't matter. It's still a painful circumstance. Uh, but even in the face of, of, of attack, even in the face of difficulty, there's joy. Verse 9, but those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals, but the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by the Lord shall glory, but the mouth of those who speak lies, lies shall be stopped. Because God's love is better than life, we know that even the threat of death can't squelch the joy that we have in God's embrace. Now, here are people attacking David, and here we are uh, being uh, attacked by circumstance, or maybe people as well. How do you find joy in those moments? How do you find joy when you're facing the threat of, of, of attackers? I, can, I, can I point you to Jesus? I, I really believe that, that Jesus teaches us how to unlock joy even in the most painful moments. And we talked about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane as he is uh, looking to God, focusing on God in the midnight moment before his arrest. Before the cross, before the crucifixion, he's looking to the Father. Now, in Hebrews chapter 12, it tells us a little bit more behind the scenes. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, uh, it says See, and then that we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with endurance the race that's been set before us, setting aside the weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us set our gaze upon Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. The joy is not in the cross. That's the pain. Endured the pain of the cross. 
The joy is in the well done from the Father. The joy is in the intimacy of obedience found in fellowship with God. The joy is found in the victory that God brought over all the supernatural forces of hell itself to Jesus in the resurrection. The joy that came on that Sunday morning when God rolled away the stone and Jesus was raised from the dead. Yes, there is joy even in the face of the onslaught of pain and sorrow and difficulty and circumstance. Jesus teaches us, let's just press on, hand in hand with God, obedient to Him, looking to Him, and He will lead us through to victory. There is joy. Even when you have to endure the pain of the cross, there is the joy of victory in an empty tomb. Today, I want to encourage you to unlock joy. Unlock joy in your life. You wake up in the morning, seek the satisfaction of your soul in the person of God. You wake up in the morning, take time before you get um, attacked by the onslaught, before you're walking through the wilderness, before you take another step and seek the Lord and remember the satisfaction that you find in His presence. Then trust Him. Trust, entrust yourself to His care and, and, and throughout the day look to God and His right hand to hold you. In the midnight moments when you have those whirling, twirling thoughts, set your focus on God. Talk to Him. And then rejoice. Rejoice in the victory that He gives. May God bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he bless your coming in and your going out, and may he fill your life with joy. God bless you, and good night.